Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the astrologer Bill Atride radio show. I'm Bill Atride, and this is the 20th show of 2020. Uh, I guess that's significant. <laughs> and we'll, and I said at this time, we'll review some of the major astrological influences, and I mean some of the really large and long wave influences. Uh, uh, in, in, for this year, but also beyond this year, of course, um, and how this might help us understand what we face ahead on our path right now. Um, and I'm going to do this as sort of a big kind of view thing in terms of astrological cycles and how it all works, and probably continue with this maybe in the next show, though I'm going to also have a couple of shows, obviously, as we approach the election in November, focusing on that again. I know I've got the first debate coming up here later in September, uh, and things of that nature. So we're definitely going back to those more topical questions. But I thought I'd step back and look at things in a more sort of universal way today. Um, and, uh, and of course, um, at, once I finish my little spiel here, I'll uh, open up the airways for all of you with questions that you may have for me about either this topic or any topic on your mind. And if you want to talk about your own chart, or whatever, just give me first your first name so I know who I'm talking to. Uh, and then if you're going to ask about a chart or your chart, um, just give me the date and place of birth, certainly. If you have the time of birth, then, of course, I can tell you that much more. Um, and, of course, if you ever want to reach me, you can always reach me through my email, which is billattride at gmail.com. That's B-I-L-L-A-T-T-R-I-D-E at gmail.com and I'll get back to you or you can also find my phone number on various sites in terms of uh, the blog or the radio show here or what have you Um, and again just so you all know that just the blog is being posted here and the links will be there on my two blog platforms and also on this blog site itself but also I signed up for and now all the shows appear as podcasts on uh, iPod on Apple the Apple platform for podcasts too, if you want to go to that, if that's something you're more connected to. Um, and, and again, if you want to send along questions and thoughts for, for um, other, set, other topics and uh, other shows, that'd be great. Uh, and stay in touch with me that way. So anyways, I just want to also, before I maybe get into the topic of today, just a couple of reminders of what's going on here astrologically. Um, And I I mentioned this, I think, in the previous shows, that the planet Mars was moving towards retrograde, which it went retrograde here on September the 9th and remains retrograde now until November the 13th. Um, And so this this is significant because Mars rules actions and desires and thrust in life. And so it's like Mercury with the mind and Venus with our values. Mars retrograde is asking each and every one of us to first go within and consider what is my desire and what are the best means for me to reach that end or accomplish that goal. And we need to sort of be more introspective and contemplative about what is our motivations here what are our intentions that is what it's helping us to reconsider um and work upon uh so it doesn't stop things moving forward but you've got to go in before you go out so to speak uh which is always a good practice anyways but certainly at a time when things when any planets retrograde that is the message um and the opportunity is to review reconsider and clarify and then move forward in this case okay um, and again, we've got coming up 
certainly uh, in the coming weeks, uh, we'll talk about it more as we get closer in October, will be the next Mercury retrograde as well that we'll have to keep an eye on as it influences the last weeks of the uh, campaign here. Okay. So as I said, I, I, I wanted to talk today and I titled the show, um, The Path of Light, The Way of Will and Purpose. Um, and, and what I meant by that is that what we find ourselves here is we're all part of these, this, this great cosmos uh, and involved in all these experiences of energies and energy forms that we're partaking in or influenced by. And so astrology is a study, basically, of, of all these different cosmic influences from very near at hand, like the moon, and we see the tides rising and falling, uh, and the cycles of night and day, and everything else that goes on that have framed our existence and formed our sense of time and space from the beginning of time when we woke up. Um, and, and so what I would want to do is sort of go into this understanding of this astrology and the study of cycles and see uh, how we might want to understand it or how astrologers understand it and help you understand it too. Um, really, astrology in, in many ways can be largely understood as the study of cycles uh, from the daily revolution uh, of the Earth, with, which is moving from day to night, uh, to the moon's orbit around the Earth in 29 days and, and waxing and waning, and the planets orbiting around the sun onto the sun's cycle around the Milky Way, uh, astrologers have always sought to understand these various and hierarchical wheels within wheels that map out the reality of what we call space-time. When trying to understand the life of an individual or a group of individuals or smaller or larger organizations, it really is important to keep in mind how varied and interrelating all these cycles are. Depending upon what, what you're trying to determine, you may focus upon just the immediate factors forming the conditions for a person, or we may pull back to consider the fate of nations and civilizations that span the range of many centuries. These varied influences are a wonder to behold, but making sense of them and understanding the true nature of what is happening can be confusing and often humbling, but ultimately and reassuringly comforting to see that there is an order to the universe. It's what I like to call the music of the stars. I thought it would be useful to consider the hierarchy of influences that we should always remember are working together to influence what happened before and what is happening now. Taking it really up there, the first level is galactic. Our galaxy, the Milky Way, rotates in about what we know as two, about 250 million years, which in effect becomes one galactic year. As we spin around with the sun, our planetary system moves up and down within that galactic plane, weaving and bobbing. It is beyond our mortal limits to know what are the different divisions of space that we encounter in these 250 million years, but there are those who speculate that it would probably illustrate or form long-wave geological changes and other changes upon the Earth. And, parentheses, and we know that our very galaxy rotates within a vaster collection of local galaxies, which in turn are moving in even a greater rotational cycle. Wheels within wheels, indeed. The second level is our solar system. We have all seen models of our planetary system with the concentric ring of planets around the sun from the planet Mercury to Venus to Earth and then beyond the Earth to Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, and Pluto. 
The phenomena of cycles astrologers use is focused upon the cycle of relationships of the planets in regard to the Earth and their cycles with one another. This is what I principally use in my readings for individuals and for examining the world of mundane or worldly astrology, too. But there are other cycles within this realm, and one that many of you may have heard about. The precession of the equinoxes is formed by another motion of the Earth relative to the local area of our galaxy. We all know that the Earth tilts in one orbital year, having the northern and then the southern hemisphere be more directly pointed towards the sun. In the it is the cause of our seasonal experiences here on Earth. But the Earth also wobbles in such a fashion that looking to the North Pole, we find it aligns with a different star overhead over the course of some 25,000 years or so. For astrologers, this precession of the equinoxes moves backward through the signs at about 2,000 years per sign. This creates a division between sidereal, starry, and tropical, local astrology. Where exactly a sidereal sign begins or ends is not easily determined, but the study of these processions is certainly something intriguing. When we look at these astrological ages, let's begin at 12,000 years ago, and there's a reason for that, in the age of Leo from around 10,500 to 8,000 BCE. That was the age that is critical to our understanding of what is happening now. That was the period when humanity took the fateful step of moving from hunting, gathering lifestyles to ever more sedentary ways of a pastoral and agricultural life. It was at that time that we began to ever more significantly alter our world. And here we are, a half cycle of precession later, dealing with the end result, the mounting threats of climate change. From 8,000 to 6,000 BCE, we had the age of cancer, because it goes backwards to the signs, which for, bore witness to the age of domestication and what became the worship of the Great Mother. From 6,000 to 4,000 BCE, we had the age of Gemini, and writing and trade routes were flourishing, and polytheistic religions were prominent. From 4,000 to 2,000 BCE, the age of Taurus came to be, and we see the rise of the first true empires and of all the bull worshiping. And then from 2000 to 0 BCE, the, which was the age of Aries, we see the beginning of the move away from polytheism to monotheism. And there is an eruption in this age of Aries, the first sign of new thoughts and philosophies seeding the world. This was the age of Confucius and Buddha and Lao Tzu and Zoroaster, Pythagoras and many, many others. Then from zero to 2000 current era, which is our time, this was the age of Pisces, the age of monotheism, or some would argue spiritually and psychologically, the age of the individual and the ego. <laughs> and now we find ourselves here somewhere now, whether it's already happened, is happening, or about to happen now, 
from 2000s to the into the 4000s, we are now moving into or are in the age of Aquarius. I argue will be the age when humans move beyond egoic limitations and form an ever more inclusive communal-based consciousness. When we begin to manage ourselves and our relationships to one another and with all life on this planet in a holistic and healing manner. Now, when we want to understand what's been driving our history of late, I would certainly want to begin with this observational model of the procession of the equinoxes as a big framing kind of understanding. But then I would want to consider what various planetary cycles are currently in play and compare them to previous moments in history. Of course, nothing is ever a repetition as all these cycles move at various time frames and though we can measure repeating alignments of planets, when looking at all the planets together, there is never going to be an exact repetition between them. Of interest, considering the possibility that we are in or at the beginning of the age of Aquarius is another cycle astrologers study the pattern of, the, of Jupiter and Saturn, which every 20 years they move from conjunction to conjunction, and they occur in a series, aligning in one element for 200 years or so before the next 200 years in the next element. The most recent ages, as determined by this cycling of Jupiter and Saturn, was we were in a water age, from 1425 to 1663, that'd be Jupiter and Saturn each time they came together every 20 years, aligning in either Cancer, Scorpio, or Pisces. The previous, and I call that the age of water, from 1425 to 1663, an age of faith. And the previous period was 571 to 809. Then the next period is the fire age, from 1663 to 1842, called the Age of Explorations, and the previous period was 809 to 1047. Then we have the age that is now ending, the Earth Age, from 1842 to 2020, and this is an age of materialization, and the previous time was 1047 to 1226. And what we're moving into, or we've just entered, is an age of air, the age of idealization from 2020 to 2219. And the previous age was 1226 to 1425, which was also the time of the 12th century Renaissance, like it was called the Little Renaissance. What this means for us is that we are moving from a materialistic age into another. And what we will know or name it is yet to be determined. Again, this age of Earth is ending with the existential threat of climate change where our worship of the material life has been the creator of. But we must remember, the planets do not create the manifestation. They inform and they time it. We made choices. We discovered how to release energy that had been locked away for millions of years and we released it in a geological second. And now we see the consequences in the loss of life, the narrowing of diversity of all life forms, the extremes mounting in climate and weather, and indeed the novel, novel COVID-19 pandemic are all reflections and, 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 and symptoms 
of what we have done by, by causing climate change. We are crafty. We are very intelligent and capable with our tools of science and technology, but we lack wisdom and humility. To remind us of this, we are being humbled by the teeniest of life forms. The orbit of the planets and their alignments with one another form a very intricate series of influences. Some of these orbits are far longer than any individual's lifespan, with Pluto being 245 years to get around the solar system, or Neptune 164 years, so that they can only be partially experienced by any person. We then have Uranus's orbit is 84, and Saturn 29 years, and Jupiter 12 years. But then we have the synodic cycles of the planets to one another, like that Jupiter-Saturn pair, uh, is as follows from Pluto to Saturn. So for Pluto, the cycle with Neptune is 492 years, and Uranus is 127 years, and Saturn's 33 years. And then for Neptune to Uranus, well, that's 171 years. And then to Saturn, it's 36 years. And finally, for Uranus, the cycle with Saturn is 45 years. With so many cycles interweaving and intersecting one another, what I like to call the dance of the planets, it is quite a challenge to ascertain exactly which influences are more relevant or revealing in any period. So what I like to do is proceed in an orderly manner from longest to shortest. So I always look to Pluto and then Neptune and Uranus to see what the three long wave evolutionary influences might be. As many of you know, <laughs> I have been examining the role of Pluto's cycle through the signs and the significance of its series of passages through the sign of Capricorn, the sign of institutions and reality and structures, and looking at history. Our moment from 2008 to 2024 can be understood as the next step, next step after the previous times of 1762 to 1778, of then before that 1516 to 1532, and then 1270 to 1287 periods. We saw the end of a particular form of political, cultural, and economic order, and the emergence of a new one, along with a shift in the character and qualities of the kind of human that would be in that period. I am sure that the people in each period who are going through this change felt that their world was coming undone, that it was for them like an end of the world. But given the challenges that have been created and presented to us by us in our time, this Pluto passage seems more consequential given the existential threat of climate change. Perhaps it is because we are also at the end slash beginning of a Jupiter-Saturn cycle, or more likely or certainly because we are at the end of a 2,000-year age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius is upon us. All of the above is looking at history with regards to the general phenomena and cycles of the planets one to another. But there's also what many of you are more familiar with, the study of the planets with regards to individual charts. In mundane astrology, we look at the charts of leaders and nations and governments and companies and other forms of organization. With regards to the USA, I've been noting how once again, Pluto is so instructive here. What the USA is experiencing now is the very first return of Pluto to its natal position. 
Pluto rules many things, but for me, its root nature concerns the third principle of divinity, the divine will, and then all the lesser wills that are formed from the one. As Uranus drives the principle of humans developing ever freer minds and becoming ever more individuated, and Neptune rules the principle of unconditional love that holds the whole of creation together by the love of the one in all us lesser ones, Pluto holds these two together in the energy form of the container of spirit, a centered will and consciousness. Pluto is significant in the chart of the USA as it is its rising planet leading the nation and the chart in this case. And it is placed in the second house, which is the house of value. And for a nation reveals the value of a nation and its source of wealth. For me, Pluto here spiritually means that the USA is endowed with the value and power of alchemy of the root power of combination and transformation, the power of rebirth and renewal. And there is much to be said for the spirit of renewal and transformation that the USA has demonstrated. But I would also argue that what truly constitutes the value of any human organization from a family to corporation to a country is the value of the human beings who form that group, their intelligence, their love, their wisdom is the measure of a country's wealth. And therefore, how we treat one another, how we encourage and support or deny and limit the self-fulfillment of each and every person in the USA is the measure of how far we have come and how far we need to go with regards to fulfilling our promises to one another. But when Pluto is channeled or experienced in a negative manner, it becomes the vehicle for manipulation, domination, and enslavement. It's the will, and breaking the barrier of another person's will is trespassing. Given the history of the USA, founded upon genocide and slavery, it is quite telling that Pluto is found here. The USA Pluto is opposite to Mercury, and it rules a nation's means of communication, like a being's nervous system. It rules the thought form patterns and development or lack of intelligence. Each time Pluto has aligned with Mercury and then itself in history, the USA has confronted the nature of how we and how and what we value one another. The previous times of the late 1840s and into the 1850s, with the struggle over new states being allowed to enter as slave or free states, the 1930s with FDR in the attempt to provide some greater support to the general welfare after the Great Depression, and 1980s and the Reagan Revolution and the succeeding 40 years since then that have led to the most unequal distribution of wealth in the USA since the 1920s, leading to the Great Depression. And now we are here again in 2020 and 2021 with Pluto opposite Mercury and aligning and conjuncting Pluto. The planets do not determine what will happen. We are the creators and instruments of action and will, and the content of what we made and the pain and joy we face is formed by us, not the planets. They time the unfoldment of patterns. They guide our steps with meanings and underlying causality, but we choose well or poorly. The choices made in the 1980s and beyond 
within the economic structures themselves and within the legal and tax structures led to the great divide we have to face between one another now. From, for example, from 1980 to, 19, to 2020, the gross domestic product of the USA rose by 80%. In 40 years, it almost doubled. But the manner in which that growth was distributed was far less equal than the previous period from 1940 to 1980. The bottom 20% of the USA population gained 20% more wealth. The middle 40% gained 50% more wealth in those 40 years. But the top 0.01% gained 420% more in their wealth. In terms of wealth distribution, the USA is one of the worst of all the so-called advanced societies. And this inequality is even greater when distributed and defined by race and ethnicity. This is the principal reason why the USA has appalling life expectancies and health outcomes compared to much of the world. Once again, here in 2020 and 21, we are being asked to look at how we treat the value of our nation, of how we care for the true wealth of the land, which is our people. By many measures, we have been failing and the crises of the pandemic and climate change and the rising call for social justice and the various conflicts between groups, all of this is calling on each of us to decide what kind of world we wish to leave to those who come after us. Will we be the ones that made a better choice for the future? Will we sacrifice for one another and for our children's children. We are at the end of an age. All these crises are really one. We are going through a spiritual crisis. It is a choice, but let us choose to make this a spiritual awakening and rebirth too. Oh, okay. Um, anyways. Uh, those are my thoughts for today. <laughs> so uh, I see all of you patiently holding on there, and I do apologize for taking so much time, but I, I just there's I, there's so much to say, and there's so little time to say it. Um, um, but I'm grateful that I have some time. So thank you for indulging me, and being here today. And I'm going to um, let me get a sip of water because I'm a little parched, and then I can see about calling on. Uh, many of you are waiting here patiently for me to do so. So let me begin here and I'll take you in order. And again, I'll mention your area code so um, you know who I'm speaking to, hopefully. And also just give me your name and whatever question you have. And if it's about a chart, again, please give me the date and time and place of birth if you have all of that. Okay? All right. Okay. Um, Caller from 917. You're on with Bill. Who's calling? Hello? Alex? Alex? Hello? Hello? Who's this? Is it, can you hear me? Yes. There's, I can oh, hear you. Who's this? I went first. This is Alex. Yes, Alex. Um, okay. Uh, Hi. Yeah. Hi. How are you? Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Do uh, I, I love all the stuff you, you, you do. Call? Oh, yes, thank you. you. Know thank me. you so much. Um, yes. Yeah. You know me very well. Uh, okay. <laughs> 
Well, I, I know you very well. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Well, um, you'll, you'll, so you'll know chart. when I tell you. Hmm? Okay. Okay. You've done sure. Chart. Um, go ahead. Okay. Good. Uh, June twentieth, nineteen sixty-eight. Hold on, hold on. Uh, what'd you say, May? June twentieth. Oh, June. Sorry. June twentieth. June twentieth. Yep. Yeah. Nineteen sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. Okay. Yep. New York City. Four forty p.m. New York. Okay. Gotcha. And what can I do for you today? Okay, so, I mean, again, I love all the stuff that you do, so I have, like, a historical context on everything, but this is about me. That's okay, because I've done enough history for today. We can get personal now. That's, that's okay. <laughs> so just before the lovely lockdown, et cetera, et cetera, I just launched a new business that was doing um, – so we're supposed to be doing a uh, motivational speaking for large event event groups, you know, that's out. So we've adapted and prevailed to do management consulting. And I just want to know um, how, like, when is a good time to begin to launch that again? Is it now? I think, I feel like it's now. I feel like something shifted for me when March went, when March, when Mars went retrograde to, I mean, literally it was, you know, the day of and the day after that I feel like I had a huge shift in everything. So is it a good time to move forward or is it a good time to hold back and revisit business-wise? Well, um, it, it, well it's interesting because Mars rules your second house of resources, value, and money and income and self-worth, um, and, okay. and it's retrograding in that house. It, went, it turned retrograde in that house. Um, right. So if I was just looking at it very casually and quickly, I'd say time to sort of go back again and reconsider and review and prepare and not go forward until Mars turns direct. Um, so that means waiting until November. Now, it doesn't mean nothing happens, but it not means more preparatory work, behind-the-scenes work, you know, making sure everything is ready mm-hmm. to go when I'm ready to go, um, and, and not to jump the gun. <laughs> because, I gotcha. Um, so Mars goes direct. Yeah. I forgot when that is. Like, Right, in Nove- like the beginning of November, yeah. does it do a dance like Mercury? Yeah, the, the second week, it's 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 stationary direct on November the thirteenth, um, and it's okay. literally going direct at the very beginning of your second house. So it's retrograding the whole time in the second house. This is definitely time to do a deep, deep dive on questions of value and resources and your talents and abilities and how I, what kind of value I have and what kind of value I'm here to create at this time. Um, okay. And that would be my advice. I would not be moving forward right now. Yeah. Okay. And that's Sorry. a giant second house too. Is no, no. That's a, listen. Martin, November's not that far off. I think I have a giant. I know it is. Don't I? And well, it's 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 a little. It's thirty four, roughly degree for okay. yeah, thirty three degrees wide. So it's not it's not huge. Um, it's it's more than thirty degrees. Yeah. Um, you're much okay. bigger first and seventh houses because the interceptions actually that's when the houses are, are are much larger. Um, yeah, I heard there's again, like forty seven degrees or something crazy. But but anyway, what's interesting is that you've got your progressed moon moving to the sign of Aries also, but it's still in your first house. And when the moon is in Aries, progressed moon, or in the first house, that is the time when you are making a restatement of who and what you are in the world. It's like you're taking out your business card and your spiritual business card and you're writing new things on it and you're representing yourself to the world. So it is a time for a new 
persona, a new image, a new approach. And that's what you've been working on for some time. And this shows in about six months, it gets into your second house. And that really keys up a much more focus on the materialization of that idea starting in about six okay. months. So okay. next spring. I can handle that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just okay. another few months. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, you're okay. welcome. Good to, good to talk to you. Take okay, care. Alex. All right. You too. Okay. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye. Okay, that was fun. And you're on with Bill 347, area code? Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Who's this? Hi, Bill. Hi, Bill. This is Tanika. Hi, Tanika. How are you? Hi. I'm good. Hi. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to, What's going on? <laughs> I wanted to um, know what you see coming up for me, if you see any changes this year. And also, when you were talking about gains, um, I have put on a lot of weight, and I didn't know why that was. We're still trying to figure out – I'm still trying to figure out why and how to get rid of it, but it doesn't seem to budge. So I don't know if anything in my chart – has anything to do with that either, but it's kind of uncomfortable. Like this whole year has been. Huh? Okay. Okay. So I uh, want to see if there's any, uh, any imminent or upcoming changes that you could um, yeah. expect here. I mean, right now, yeah. literally, um, you know, there, you, you map all the planets moving around the chart. And of course the moon gets around once a month and, and Mercury and Venus and get around once a year and the sun gets around once a year. And whenever the sun comes back into the first house and given you're born with your sun having just risen. So it's only days after your birthday. Um, really a couple of days ago, you had, well, had your birthday in the third. And then now you had the sun come into your first house, let's say um, three days ago the focus is on yourself right now and a renewal and new beginnings. And it's usually a time when you feel some kind of energy now coming to you that you can begin working with. And the previous month, which would have been again from, you know, mid August or so is often a time of, of not having that the opposite. You sort of withdraw, go in, you're getting ready for a new beginning, but you're really sort of down and out, so to speak, sometimes struggling with things. And now this is like a new day new energy. So that just changed. So that's, that's helping in various ways, I'm sure, um, in your life this year. But in terms of the bigger things we've probably talked about in the past and are continuing to look at here, um, in terms of what's influencing your life, we always look to see what's, what's good old Saturn doing. And no matter what, this is the year that Saturn is, you know, going over your, your Venus. So you're facing tests about value and love and beauty. And does that doesn't mean it's all bad. If it means it's time to seriously re-examine what am I worth and how do I value myself and how is that reflected in what I have and wish to own or need to get rid of and who's in my life and is it is it a healthy relationship in terms of shared values? So it doesn't harm a good relationship, but it does bring into focus ones that may not be what they could be and need to be improved upon or let go of. Um, and then no matter what, even further out and maybe even as or more influential, this is that year that Neptune is going over your seventh house and opposite your moon. So this is a very strange year in terms of relationships and emotional understanding. It's, it's great for spiritual insights and eventual awakening, 
but those are periods that you go through, whereas in other periods during the same year, there is much confusion or misunderstanding, and one has to sort of fight through that and realize things aren't what they seem, and it'll eventually be clear to me, but this is a time when I experience um, a greater degree of confusion than I've had in quite some time. So you, you just have to get through this and focus on spiritual matters when it comes to your emotional needs and focus on spiritual questions and matters when it comes to relationship and love and realize this is a time where on the one hand, it, it's going to be strange. It could be very uplifting and spiritual, but it's, it's definitely not normal or ordinary. And if I'm getting caught up in too much projection or misunderstanding, then I could get involved in very, very confusing relationships and involving a lot of illusion or deception. So it's very tricky ground to maneuver upon, depending upon how, how we've mastered this gift of Neptune, which sometimes seems like a curse, <laughs> which it basically dissolves the boundaries and things aren't so clearly defined anymore. Um, but in the end, it moves us to a higher level of consciousness where I see through to a greater reality. So in the end, it, it's very healing. But that's still in play for you. Um, and as far as the gaining of weight and things of that nature, um, I, don't, I don't see anything that would jump off the page for me that says why that would be happening other than other than that this is a year where you will judge yourself much more harshly with that Saturn-Venus aspect. You'll look in the mirror and see all the flaws as opposed to seeing the beauty. And that's also the test is to realize most of us at any one time in our life will look at ourselves and say, oh, gosh. But then we look at pictures of ourselves 10 years later and say, oh, my God, I was gorgeous. <laughs> you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're sort of offset in terms of our appreciation of how beautiful we are, how the divine shines through in us. And we need to sort of hold to that, especially when we're being challenged like you are right now. And remember, this too shall pass. And really, um, I am love, I am beauty is the message, is the lesson we're learning again when Saturn's touching Venus. Okay? Yeah, you're so right. Everything is really, really hard right now as far as my relationships at work um, and relationships in my personal life, it's just like everything is just not happening. Like, it's not good. So you're right. right. And again, you can't, and, and don't force it. Just, it's showing you that I thought I understood myself and this other or others, but obviously there's something missing or things I was missing here. And over time, I will have a greater understanding and illumination. But in this in-between time, I'm in a, in a world where there's a lot of fog or smoke and mirrors. And I have to remind myself to be gentle with myself and with others because I don't want to add to the misunderstanding as much as I can. I should try to clear up misunderstanding. Like I say something to somebody and their reaction is not at all what I expected. Obviously something is not right here and I shouldn't let it just go. I should say, Hey, I, I hope you heard what I meant to say. This is what I was trying to say. Did you hear that? And they still may not like the, you know, may like the reaction, but that's because there is something going on. But it may just be that. Don't let little miscues or missteps, little misunderstandings snowball into a big one is something to be careful of this year. Okay. 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 All right, Tanika, mm-hmm. be well. I'll talk to you again. Okay. <laughs> Good talking Thank you. to you. Yep. Bye. Okay. Um, and let's see who's this. Uh, you're on with Bill, 914. Hello? Hi, Bill. Hi, it's Katie. Hi. How are you? Who's this? I, I didn't quite catch that. 
my name is Katie. How are you? I called you, I, I would say, a, a few months ago. Oh, great. Hi, Katie. Uh, Good. So I, I probably have you in my database then. Okay, hold on. Let me go into – because I keep a database of just for the blog talk radio, so it's quick, e easier to find people <laughs> than, than okay. searching through many, many files. So there you are. I think I have you. You're the, um, your date of birth is June 26, 1975? You got it. Okay. What can I do for you today? <laughs> work on my mind. I have a few um, projects going, and I don't know if you, um, I don't know if astrology uh, predicts this, if I would be moving forward with any project, either one that I've started already or a more um, recent one, if, um, if, if they'll be successful. Um, you know what I mean, okay. like uh, an older idea that I have or, or a more recent one. Okay. Well, um, again, looking at the the big picture, looking at the progress moon first, which sets the framework for what we need to show, what we need to be showing, openness to change and adaptability. You've spent the last couple of years with your moon marching through your tenth house, the house of career, and my public life and public roles, and so it's been a time to to look at the path I'm on and whether to stay the course or slightly change it or really pivot and go off in a different direction has been the point of this period. And that's coming to an end soon, meaning by the time we get to November, the end of November, you will move, move on to a new phase of life where the question so much isn't my role, my title, my position, my work, but more about my communities, my friendships, and my companionship. Um, and being in the right people, being in the right neighborhood, being in the right community is something I'm either getting involved in or have moved to or appreciating at that time. But the focus till then for the next couple of months still remains, am I on the path, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, yeah. of, of self-fulfillment? Is this what I'm meant to be doing or meant to be doing at this time? And of course this whole year, um, sort of uh, influencing that you're you're you've got your Mars in Aries like Mars is right now and Mars is retrograding and going back and forth over your Mars that's just something that's going to happen this year but what's happening up there also is the planet Saturn this year also is moving to the end of Capricorn beginning of Aquarius and so three times this year it's going to go past back and forth over your Mars it did it in February it did it again here in August it's got one more pass to make in November. And so if we had talked months ago, I would have said this, and I'll repeat it, this is a year when you're driving with the brakes on, or that's what it seems like. And therefore, it yeah. requires patience and forbearance. And I'm going to get there, but not as quickly as I might wish to. And maybe there's a reason for that, that I needed to reexamine where I'm going and how I'm getting there. And therefore, it's okay that Saturn got in the way. But I do need this. I do have to be realize that sometimes things flow and are easy, and sometimes there's resistance and there's gravity and whatever. And I'm really encountering that this year. And so I can't seem to move as easily as I thought I would or should. And it's a real experience that you're having. I'm not denying that. The good news is, <laughs> in a couple of months, that goes away, and it's like the brakes come off and I can move forward again and feel myself not being impeded and hopefully better, easier growth and development will happen. 
So it, it's almost there, but we're not quite there yet. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's kind of interesting yeah. that, that Saturn, that Saturn um, uh, last pass is right almost on the exact same day, if I'm not mistaken. Let me look here. That Mars turns direct. Yeah. So you and you again, Mars, again, another thing to think about in your chart is also that given you have Scorpio rising and the ancient ruler for Scorpio is Mars. So it's the ruler of your chart is moving backwards here from September to November. That's another tell or indicator that says reconsider your desires and actions now. Um, as pertains to your self-assertion or drive to move forward. So both are sort of at play. Saturn's on Mars and Mars retrograding, both release starting in November. Um, so right there in mid and after November, mid-November on, things should move forward. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. No, no. I, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, timing is everything. And uh, I mean, you can certainly move forward and get things done, but it's more of an effort when these things are in play like this. Um, that's all. And you so, so you've started, you, you, you started a new business, you said, or a, or uh, a, yeah, uh, coming out of I your old business? Well, I have, like, I freelance, so I have all these projects that I create and try to get out there. Um, And I started one in late July, early August. That's a small one, um, but I'm thinking of extending that one. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I've almost wrapped that up, but I'm thinking of extending that one. And then I had one um, stopped because of COVID. that right. one I had started about a year ago. Then I have another one that I started in 2016 um, that I, I kind of finished, but not really. And I, I, I always question if I should try to fix that one um, and move it forward or if I should just um, start it all over again and take that one as it was my lesson, like my schooling in how to do these projects. Uh-huh. Um, right. Yeah, so I, I'm one of those people that, you know, I guess I just got to pick one. I mean, you have a dualistic sign on your midheaven, Virgo, though Virgo is, tends to be very particular and exacting and focused. Virgo also is adaptable and does want stimulation in its career as, as that's the governing principle on your house of career and is capable of juggling more than one thing. Gemini is really more the multitasker and, and very adept at that and needs that. Um, but certainly having Virgo on your midheaven doesn't, doesn't mean you should just do one thing, um, but you uh, should be known for your, your insightfulness, your, 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 your capability to provide a necessary service that you're very detail conscious about. That's what you are, should be noted for. Okay. I am very, yeah, detailed oriented. Yeah. 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 Good. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it's good talking to you Thanks. and good luck and call again. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right. You. Take, yeah. take care. You. Okay, Katie. Okay. Bye bye. Okay, and now, hi, you're on with Bill. Who's this? Hi, Bill. This is Annie. 
Annie. Okay. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> Good. I loved your passionate uh, words in the beginning. That was fantastic. Um, yeah, no, have, I'm. Um, I get, you're into it. I, I, get, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I get worked up. Well, you know, um, yeah, it's. I know what to say. <laughs> it's, yep. the way, it's the way it's going to be. Now, it's I, good. I, I'm looking um, at my, my list. Chart. Of, uh, my last name's Nelson. It's Annie Nelson. Ah, uh, that's why I can't find you. That's right. I've got your last name. So thank Nelson, you for yeah, that. Last. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, and, I and what can I do for you? Well, I'm not sure if I have a specific question. Spirit just totally pushed me to call in, and I thought, is there something in my chart that's jumping out right now that would be beneficial for me in the, in these times and to be of service? And I just didn't know oh, if you had okay. some. Yeah. In, okay, some thoughts there. Well, yeah. well, it's interesting. Just just like the previous, just like Katie, the previous person, you've had these last couple of years with your progressed moon moving through your tenth house. Which, of course, you're born with the moon in the tenth house. So, consideration about the public's needs and wants, and being able to read cycles and anticipate changes in the economy, culture, in in whatever way part and parcel of what you do for your life work is that I'm here to meet people's needs and therefore I've got to anticipate them and be ready to meet that need by whatever I'm doing. Um, and my life rises and falls with how well I do with that, <laughs> that I'm my emotional, my, my emotional well-being rises and falls with my career well-being and some or my public life, but your moon's been up there for the last couple of years and you've been re-examining the path that you're on and considering what path to keep, keep on or now pivot to and in the next days, literally, um, your progress, well, that's Katie. I got to move over and do your, your numbers here. Hold on. <laughs> Otherwise, mm-hmm. be a little off in my timing there. Um, let's see when the moon gets out of there. I, I can visualize it, but I just want to see for sure. Um, yes, it is very soon, like, like in five days. <laughs> so on okay. September the 18th, your moon progresses into your 11th house. Um, which is the house of what we call the house of friendship and companionship. It's the house of social consciousness and conscience, the house of communities, the house of our fellowships, the house of our hopes and dreams for the future. And again, that's the house that Leo rules in your chart. Um, so you, you are very much throwing your energy out into the world, and it should end up being expressed in this realm of trying to make the world a better place, basically. And now you're really going to focus for the next two plus years on this realm, which means either getting much more involved in the community work or local issues or bigger issues in terms of causes and movements and communities that are not just based on local space, but get ready for a real surge in your, your consciousness and your community spirit is what's Mm -hmm. in store here. Um, And not only is that moon changing, yeah, yeah, not only is the moon changing houses, it's changing signs. It's been in Cancer, which is where you started with the moon, um, and it's been there now for two plus years. And that's when you're recentering yourself and finding that self at the center. And as the moon goes into Leo, which is probably tomorrow or the next day, let me tell you, um, yeah, no, today, later today, (laughs) Mm -hmm. as the moon goes into Leo. You are now going to say, okay, now it's time to move out and release the self. I've met the self. Let's flow that out into new forms of leadership, creativity, and love in my life. This is a time to stretch yourself. 
as a creator and a leader um, to take risks, you know, reasonable risks, <laughs> but yeah. to really stretch um, and perform. And if I've met my true self and know who I am and where I'm coming from more truly now, then what I put out there is the more authentic self and people then see me, recognize it and respond accordingly. Um, they applaud my efforts. They cheer me on. They join me, join with me in my cause, whatever it may be, because I'm authentic. I'm authentically being an actor on this stage or in this role of life. Um, that's the next step. And it's starting now. <laughs> so, yes. Now. Inspired to call. Uh, what did now. Now, now your moon changes into Leo. And, and in several days, it goes into that 11th house. So there you go. Sure. And the eleventh house big, is um, what? What did you ideal, say that was a, a big house for me? It's, or it's, it, it, it was, it's important for you because that's the house. So we have all the signs working in our chart, and the planets work through those signs. Um, so in this case, it's the sun, which you have in Aries, is released through the the eleventh house because that's where you have the sign of Leo, the sun sign. So it's oh. where you choose to create an expression. Yourself. You always okay. look to see where the sun is, to see where it's making itself known. But you look to Leo to see where does it release itself. And you release yourself in that house of social consciousness and conscience. Oh, cool. And you explained that really and well. Friendship. No one's been able to like really drive that home for me. That was cool. Well, no, that's, that's how the charts are. They're, they're, they weave together in multiple ways, everything being linked with everything else. And if you follow the links, you, that's how you derive the meanings of what this is. So it's a, just a language, right? It's like, mm-hmm. but it's, but it's mm-hmm. people look at these symbols and go, well, I don't know what I'm looking at. But if you, once you learn the language, it sings, really. It's like the chart mm-hmm. sings to you. And that's, well, that's what I love when I get into reading. I'm just, I lose it. I'm, I'm, I don't lose it. I, I go in with zone. I don't know where I am. Um, and the words just come because it's yeah. just all there. Oh, God, it's you are beautiful. so gifted. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. And you have a good day and enjoy the, the coming period here because it's going to change. Yes, I will. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Annie. <laughs> okay. Bye, Bill. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, let's see. Hello, you're on with Bill. Uh, 780 is the area code. Hey, Hello? thanks for taking my call, Bill. Hi, who's this? It's a Jay calling from Canada. Jay, Canada. <laughs> again, what, what, what part of Canada are you in again? Alberta. I think you'll see. Alberta, okay. Yeah. Okay. I know. All the West is burning out there. Are you you're okay in your neighborhood? Is it still we is are, it okay? We or are. Is it we're, we're, no, we're we up north. We get a little bit of smoke, but that's jet stream. But we uh, haven't seen it yet. So, but yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. No. It's it, it, it's 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 un it's unbelievable what's happening. And of course, we're all in shock and awe in bad ways uh, with this. And um, feel for those who are suffering and. We're literally running for their lives and trying to save their lives and their loved ones. But, um, but unfortunately, we now can see what we've done, and we have to, we have to change if we want this to stop. And it's, it's got to take a huge collective effort to do so. Oh, for so, sure. so what, can I do, what can I do for you, Jay? Uh, what's going on? Hey, i got a question for you. I'm debating where to, to invest in uh, uh, some precious metals. I'm not sure 
if I should do it this month or next month, just be just watching, just watching the charts and things like that. So just wondering uh, about that. And my okay. second question um, will be about the notes. So. About, okay, about something else. Well, um, you actually, in your house, there's, when we're looking at investments, there's different things that astrologers look at. I mean, the house of our own values and resources and things are this is the second house, which is a very full house for you right now with Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn moving through it. So that means this is a very active realm in your life right now. Doesn't make it good or bad, but one we'd have to look at all those influences working at this time. Um, and I would say, and then we look at in, speculative investments, things we're taking mm-hmm. more risks with, or more the fifth house, and um, things of that nature, where we're sh- stretching ourselves, but may have to watch that uh, risk reward, risk uh, and reward ratio uh, uh, consideration. But but purely looking at the house of values and resources with Jupiter there, this should be a general year where. There is growth occurring and good fortune to be had in your life this year. That's what that would argue for. But Saturn and Pluto there together also say, but caution is equally warranted. So it's like a, it's like what Jupiter would say, oh, you can't go wrong. And Saturn would say, you better be careful. So it's a mixed message to me. And I would say, um, I would say, uh, I, I would anyone obviously anyone prospect depends upon the nature of that particular investment uh, or financial instrument or what have you and and one's timeline within it and so many different factors that it's hard to weigh at all let me look at else is going on in your chart now i think saturn equally then saturn is also going over your jupiter this year um and it will only make this kind of alignment once every mm, seven eight years or so and that's when you are being asked to look at the tension between the desire to grow and the desire to play it safe in all aspects of your life. Um, so this is a year you want to expand and grow, but part of you wants to feel safe and stay put. <laughs> so, so basically it's saying I need to be, I need to look at the balancing here between risk and reward in this case and say that um, I could, I, I wouldn't say you're unlucky this year, but that's what it could feel like with Saturn okay. to Jupiter, uh, that I feel like there's less growth here. But what it's saying is, like, focus your growth, choose wisely, don't spread yourself too thin, you know, be, be careful about how you allocate your time and resources. Because they, not that they're limited, but they seem limited this year, and I've got to be, you know, keeping myself safe more than taking a great risk right now. So okay. if this has less risk associated you think no matter what people are going to want this mineral they're going to need these these resources and things can be fine and i'm willing to wait it out till it proves itself to me fine if i'm looking for a quick return um this is here to watch that um be careful with that okay okay yeah that would be my take okay and what's the other question oh i'll send it by email i'm just curious what what i'll I'll send by email and see what you think about so oh Okay. Oh, fine. Sure, sure. That's that's great. Okay. Well, then but it was great talking to you. And oh, it was lovely talking oh, to you. Oh, sure. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. Yep. Okay. Well, um, we're at the end of the show, so I'm just gonna. I'm tired, and uh, <laughs> I've been working so hard. 
and doing the show. I try to get in here for you. Hopefully, I'll try to get in next week. Uh, but my workload has been um, unbelievable of late um, this whole year, really. And that's not – I guess it's understandable. But I'm, but I'm going to try to keep doing the shows week after week as we go to the election here and beyond. So hope, count on me being there next Sunday. And I will hope to see you all there, too. And my very best to one and all. Bye for now.